Welcome back to the Act Two podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I am Tasha Hugh. And I am Josh Hallman. And as a reminder to those of you who are new, Act Two is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter, of which this podcast is just one of the things that we do. So thank you for joining us here. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I realize that we, t- we take for granted that everyone who listens to this podcast has been listening to this podcast. So sometimes we don't do our intro and maybe people are like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> and no, why I, am I listening to them? I think about that too. And then we just keep going. We just keep going. Maybe yeah. we should reintroduce ourselves at some point. Anyways... Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming topics. We're doing a lot of interviews coming up that are going to be pretty great. We're going to be talking about someone's arbitration experience that was much different than mine, which I think will be interesting. We'll be talking about short stories coming up here soon. Yeah. And uh, other things. So look out for those. Yeah, we do have a couple interviews coming up. Yeah. It could be awesome. And I think we're going to need like... A downbeat period because Josh and I always get for some reason like really exhausted by interviews. <laughs> like we need like a month off for some reason. Are we so taking we just a break? Do cool topics in between. Oh, oh, a month off. Oh, okay. No, right. not All off right. the podcast. No, Josh we'll, jumped at that. We'll never stop. We're gonna outlast everybody. We can't stop. We can't stop. <laughs> if only out of sheer stubbornness. One hundred percent sheer stubbornness. If you would like to DM us because you have questions, follow-up questions on anything we talk about or topic suggestions, or you want to say you're fucking stupid. Why did you say that that's not true? Which people have said in much nicer language than that, though, which we would appreciate if you're calling us out on something. You can do all those things at act2writers at gmail.com, all spelled out, or on our Instagram and Twitter at act2writers. I am also there. I am Story Thursday on Instagram and Tasha 3.0 on Twitter. I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter. Josh Hallman on Instagram. We're talking about our favorite topic today. Today, actually, yeah. Today's a big, big day. I say that every week. Big day today. <laughs> you do say that every, it's a big day every, every week. Every We're talking about a, blockbuster movies, summer movies that are coming out. It feels like the 90s again. It does. You said I, it felt like 2019. I feel like it feels like the 90s. It feels like something really big is coming out every single week. And I've been at the movies a lot lately. And I feel like yeah, we've been too. talking. Yeah, we've been going to theaters and I've been talking to you about it. And I think I realized we were talking about theater movies more than we've ever talked about theater movies. Yeah. Excuse me. Movies in theaters. And then we thought we should do a podcast topic about blockbusters because it's our probably one of our favorite things. It's one of our favorite things. Right. Yeah, and I was flipping through. I was like, oh, man, what should we see coming up in theaters? Because Paul and I recently signed back on to the AMC A-List, which for those of you who don't know what that is, you pay a monthly fee. It's like 20 bucks or something. And you can see unlimited movies for that entire month. And you get like premier food things. And you get $5 off coupons all the time. And it's so great. And we were off that for years, certainly during the pandemic. But even after the pandemic, we were like, meh, we're not seeing movies in theaters. Who wants to go do that? And now we're back, baby. Yeah. I was telling you that story where I was in line at AMC. I went to AMC. Then they have two different lines for like the A plus premiere members. 
and then just the common folk. Oh, and yeah. the the A plus premiere actually has gold like ribbons or whatever <laughs> it is nylon things holding up a line. And I walked over. Just for the record, I I am A plus premiere, so you know, no big deal. And um, <laughs> I walked. I was going to get some food, and the line, which was the express line, w- was massive, just curling around this little like red. Oh, so a lot area. of A plus members. A lot. And then everyone's waiting in line. And then I look over to the normal line and there was like one person in it. And then I walked over there, got my food faster than everyone else. And I was like, what, what are all these other people doing? Why are they? Why are they I don't understand here? lines. I don't understand people who wait in lines. People love that <laughs> A plus. I don't understand either. I hate lines. That's all to say. A plus premiere stuff is awesome. It's the, it's the way to go. Absolutely. <laughs> And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, go. We're, I, think I already have my tickets for Indiana Jones. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, we're not going to talk about it. We'll, we'll, we have this week's in writings to do. We have it this week in writing. This week in writing. All right. I was inspired by this story. And I heard this, and it's not actually a writing thing about me personally. It's a writing thing. And I hear this, and, and, and I, sa- I heard this, and I thought, I have to talk to Tasha about this because it's what we talk about on the podcast. Are you ready? I think so. The year is 1994. Oh, a yeah. A 26-year-old bouncer from New York makes a 20-minute short film named Multifacial. He wrote, directed, and stars in it. Do you know who I'm talking about? I knew you were going to do that to me. 1994. I'll just keep going. Thank you. It plays at the Cannes Film Festival in 1995. Or Cannes, if you're sophisticated. It's about a struggle as an actor and not fitting in because of his uh, mixed ethnicity. And he can't get jobs. He's struggling through New York. And that's what the short film is about. Hmm. Do you want to know who I'm talking about? I do. It's one Vin Diesel. God. So I did a deep dive. Just stay with me. Yeah, I would imagine so after that. So I'm like, that's interesting. That's how Vin Diesel gets his start. Vin Diesel has two parents. He has parents who are artists. (laughs) One's an (laughs) actor. I think one was an actor, but they're very artistic. And I start (laughs) listening to these interviews from Vin Diesel. And he's like this very artistic individual. And it's really incredible. So he has his short film. It plays at the Cannes Film Festival in 95. From that short film, he ends up raising money to make his feature directorial debut called Strays. And it's about his bouncing days in New York. It's an indie. I don't know if it got into Sundance, but he said that he took it to Sundance and he tried to sell it. It doesn't sell at Sundance, so he comes back from Sundance. Weeks pass. He's trying to figure out what to do. And he gets a phone call from one Steven Spielberg saying to him, I saw your short film, Multifacial, and then I saw your film, Strays, and I want to put you in the movie Saving Private Ryan. And he's like, okay, I'm in. At the same exact time, Brad Bird sees Multifacial. He hears that he's in Saving Private Ryan, and he's like, I want you to be the voice of the Iron Giant in my new animated film, The Iron Giant. So my point of this whole story was, 
It all started from Vin Diesel writing his own short film and putting himself and directing it. And that was it because he couldn't get any work. And he was like, F it. I'm doing it on my own. I'm taking over. That's my Vin Diesel story this week in writing. This is what this week in writing was made for. This story right here. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I was so inspired. I was so happy. And then you know, now he's Vin Diesel and I don't mean to talk about Fast and Furious again, but you know, that's where we're at. That's that, that's how we got to start. And I, and it's, we talk about this. We always talk about how writers can kind of, you can write your way out of a problem or, you know, we're going to be having an episode on short stories. There's other ways to get yourself out there. I know 94 was a different time, but you know, it's inspiring. That's, that's really great. That's really great for him. And that's, that's amazing. Can you imagine yeah. getting a phone call from Steven Spielberg? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't even put myself in those shoes. Do you think his parents are disappointed in him that he's now in the Fast and Furious franchise? Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you are, no, that's you a are, beautiful story. It's you a are beautiful a third, story. <laughs> a third act twist of Vin Diesel's story. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's just a peek into where, like, if you were to write a, a Vin Diesel story, where it would go. I think it's as you were actually talking about <laughs> this story and the big reveal of who it was, I kind of got sad because, I mean, I mean, so sad. He's rolling in all of his millions and millions of dollars. But if he comes from a family of artists and is clever enough, to write, direct, and star in his own short that made it so far, multiple shorts, it sounds like. Do you feel like he got typecast because of his body type? That's a great question. Yeah, I'm sure he got typecast. As just the action guy. For sure. But is that a bad thing? No, I mean, that's a completely valid career path. And maybe one that he's very happy about. I'm just, it just makes me curious now if that was his start with something a bit more artistic. If he ever wanted to do like a drama or be the leading man in a romantic movie. I don't know. I just had a vision. Somebody, somebody is going to pluck Vin Diesel and put him in some kind of like lost in translation, translation type indie small movie that he gets just incredible accolades for. I think so. I think that's the third act of his career now. I think that's a hundred percent what's going to happen. Oh, I'm here for it. Look, I really enjoyed Riddick and pitch black and like early Vin Diesel action movies. And he's, his acting is not bad in, in the first Fast movie. So he's got the chops. I'd love to, yeah, let's get to that third act. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I can't believe you, you always sneak Fast into something now. I didn't mean to. I, this, I don't know how this happened. It was it's just part of my algorithm at this point. <laughs> All right. I had some interesting conversations with writers recently. We're breaking a story together and... We're like, okay, now now what do we do? Like, we've sort of talked about what the story could be just as an overall 50,000-foot view, bird's eye, just looking down at what the story art could be. How do we actually turn this 
into like tangible episodes of something, right? Mm -hmm. And we all kind of like had this moment that you and I talk about a lot of how do we write again? (laughs) 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 What what is story? (laughs) And so people started kind of busting out their ways of building those story blocks and, and and actually creating episodes from big brainstorm ideas. And everyone had a different way of doing it, which I thought was worthy of, of this week in writing. So someone does, does save the cat and they do save the cat no matter the, the format. If it's a movie, they do it. If it's a, an hour long drama, if it's a 22 minute show, if it's a five minute show, 11 minute show, whatever. Wow they will always do Save the Cat. And what was very interesting is another writer, he does Dan Harmon's Story Circle, which we'll talk about both of these things. And he was working on, had been working on three minute animated episodes. And he was using this story structure with the three minute thing. And, and as he was saying to us, he was like, it's required. Like, even if you watch a movie trailer, which is gonna be, you know, one to two minutes, there's a story within there. It needs to tell you a beginning and a middle and an end. And so even if it's a three minute short, it has to have a beginning, middle and end and it has to arc in a certain way. It has to emotionally engage you in a certain way. And so, yes, I use this story structure even on those three minute things, which is, which is fascinating. So I had never actually heard of Dan Harmon's story circle. Oh, we've, we've talked about save the cat a million times. Have you heard of Dan Harmon's story circle? I have. Have we talked about it? I thought we have. I feel like I've heard him talk. I've seen him talk about it. Hmm. Well, it's new to me. It's new. So it, it's it's a take on the Joseph Campbell story arc. And it's just this wheel. If you Google Dan Harmon story circle, you'll find it pretty easily. And it's a wheel of eight different sort of story turning points. The first mm-hmm. one is your characters are in a comfort zone. The second one is, but your characters want something. Third is your characters enter an unfamiliar situation. Then they adapt to that situation. And they get what they wanted by number five. But they pay a heavy price. And then they return to their familiar situation having changed. So could we just quickly, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but break this down if this were a feature. I know we're talking television. Yeah, I mean, I think it applies to everything. To everything. But so when I was reading this, the number five where they get what they wanted. Mm. Where, where are we talking here? We're talking like act 2B? Feels like the midpoint. That's the midpoint. Yeah. Yeah, they get what they wanted. Okay. This is, this is where fucking story structure pisses me off. I tell you what. It's part yeah. my language. But I love it. if you go by this, not everyone gets what they want at the midpoint. Not everyone character should. Not every story functions that way. So what I asked this writer who brought up the Dan Harmon story circle and I read it and I was equally upset at that moment as well. I was like, explain to me how you use this functionally. Like, do you, before you start writing anything, like there's a blank page and you haven't even brainstormed, do you look at this and then conform your story to Mm. this story circle? Yeah. He said, no. He said he usually does it after what we had done, which is brainstorm ideas, right? So you have your overall idea of what your movie or what your pilot is going to be. 
And then you layer this over it and say, okay, do we have these sections of the pie? Because if we don't, then maybe our story is not moving in the right direction. And he's yeah. a smart guy. So he also, I'm sure, also knows, okay, if number five, get what they wanted, doesn't work with the story I'm telling, then that fifth section is going to be different for my story. But it at least gives me some kind of guidance when you are in that moment of, how do I write again? <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of helps you start structuring and creating your outline so you can practically then go write something. And it's the same with Save the Cat. As much as I rail against Save the Cat, I also know that I use it, I use it af in this exact moment when I have brainstormed something to exhaustion and I'm ready to start putting it on the page in an outline form. And I think, okay, well, how do I take what I know I like and make it structurally sound? Mm -hmm. And then I'll use this as a kind of, that's, I think, how to use these things. But I just thought it was interesting. And, and then there was a third, third writer in the room who she's like, I use something else, but I'm just not going to even bother saying it because it's like so crazy and weird. And I really wanted to know what it was. But she says it's some kind of like theater version of this story structure that also works for movies. So she, I guess she comes from theater. And then someone else was like, yeah, and there's this cool like Japanese one that I use sometimes. So like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So everyone wow. has their own thing. Everyone has it. it everyone has their own thing, but it's kind of all similar, right? It seems like there are yes, components definitely. that overlap of, even in the beginning, the intro, oh, they want something. Oh, they're set out on an adventure. Oh, they, they don't get it. But because of this, they're now set on this adventure and now they're in act two and yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. That's why this week in writing. I love it. I'm going to try to use the Dan Harmon story structure for um, something else I'm writing. Okay. See what happens there. All right. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Is this it? Are we moving into the big topic? Spec check. Oh, spec check. Okay. So uh, I'll go. I'm actually... Oh, we have writer's group tonight. I don't know if you're going to be do. there. Um, I will. Of course. <clears throat> I had... You miss submitted. it for the world. Well, it's okay if you did, but I'm waiting to get notes from you mm -hmm. on uh, one of the specs that I'm writing. And I started to write something else, Tasha. A new idea? Yeah, in my downtime. Ooh. I know. Okay. It was out, it was out I my brain. It. I've kind of had an outline for it. And then I had a moment of inspiration. From the Vin Diesel story? From the Vin Diesel. No, not from the Vin Diesel story. One day I'm going to get into this, but I am heavily involved <laughs> with... LAPD and authority at this given moment <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Not in a bad way. <laughs> Not in a bad way at all. <clears throat> and I'll tell this story at, in a future, at a future time. But um, I've had some ideas percolating and I've had this spec idea. And so I kind of dove into it. So I'm, I'm outlining something new while I'm waiting to get notes on what I have submitted to you like guys. A, like a cop thriller? There's, there's a little bit of some cop stuff in it, yeah. This is a very exciting time in Josh's life right now, and <laughs> I can't wait till he pulls back the veil and allows us all to peek into what this time in his life is like, but it sounds nuts. I started this podcast saying, oh my God, I look tired. <laughs> I think this, and I think this is why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But having said that, my priority is what I have submitted to you guys. So when okay. I get notes back on that, I'm going to revise that and uh, 
ping pong off of each other. It's act one. It's act one. It's only act one. That's it. Okay, cool. Awesome. I haven't read it yet. I will read it this afternoon. I'm very excited. No, it's all good. To talk about it over pizza. (laughs) Be in a good mood while, because it's kind of shitty, but all right, what's yours? I have no update and my non-update is the update because I've since I got notes from my manager last week, last week on the podcast, I mentioned how I was very excited because she was was positive. She's like, she texted me. She's like, this is so great. I just have a few thoughts. Can't wait to talk about it. I'm like, phew, oh, this is going to be an easy one. I can't <laughs> wait to just like get into it. And then she gives me notes and her notes were great, but her notes were the second act is boring. <laughs> it's essentially she didn't say those words, but that is essentially what she was saying. Like all of her notes, all of her questions that she had about the movie and why I'm writing it and why I care about it and what my intention for the thing is all came from an act two that wasn't getting my message across the way I thought it was. Mm. So I endeavored to write a very simple movie because I tend to overcomplicate movies and I was so proud of myself for writing a very simple movie. She pretty much, my character pretty much in act two goes two places and then we're into the third act. Yeah. <laughs> and I think my manager wants, I don't think it bother, bothers her that she goes to two places so much as I don't understand what those two places are doing for mm. the character arc that you're trying to tell me. So I just, I need to look back at those sections, see if there's more I can add, or if those scenes can just be doing more work for me. And that's actually what I'm doing in writer's group today after we tell Josh how amazing his act one is. Mm. I'm going to ask everyone to brainstorm with me what my act two could be. But I'm stuck because I feel like I did so much work and my brain is tired from having created the outline itself. Yeah. That when someone just says there's act two problems, and doesn't give me ideas. I'm just like, uh, the train just stops. Yeah, I fully so understand. I just need to brainstorm with someone, I think is kind of where I am. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this. I think I already have some ideas. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you so much. As you were saying this, I think. <laughs> <laughs> not, not guaranteed. But you know what's been really weirdly helpful in this uh, second spec that I was just talking about? Mm-hmm. When I outlined it, I outlined it with, I was like, okay, we have our act one. That's our setup and everything. And then act two, this this isn't it, but I'm just going to throw these out. I'm like, act two is like John Wick. Act two B is like safe house. And act oh. three is like, so I broke these down in my outline. And the reason I'm bringing that up, you know what? This isn't going to solve your problem. No, but that's an interesting way of thinking about story structure that feels clearer in your brain, right? Like I understand what John Wick is very clearly. So how do I replicate that for my character and the story I'm trying to tell? And then I didn't never saw Safe House, but I guess that makes sense too for I2B. You've never seen Safe House? No, I was working at Universal at the time when it came out and I think I resented it. So I just didn't want to go see it. Even though it's like my kind of movie, I just didn't didn't do it. Oh man. All right. Well, anyway, I'm excited for us to talk about our specs. I mean, I think that's a good jumping off point to blockbusters. Blockbusters. Here we go. Let's do it. What is the lineup? Okay. I, this is how I feel like we should do this. Start with, this all started because we were going to go see The Flash. 
Yes. Separately. I was yes. like, I'm going to see The Flash. You're going to see The Flash. So we are now two weeks out from when The Flash has been released. Yes. And we thought we could talk spoilers. And then just yesterday, I get a text message from you that said, my theater's power is out. I can't see The Flash. And yes. I was like, oh, damn. Well, I already saw The Flash. But the point being is we won't dive into that. But we're going to talk about the upcoming blockbusters and kind of get a gut reaction of how you're feeling about them. If you're going to see them. You know, okay. just talk about character and stuff. So I have yeah. a list. Yeah. I want to give it to you. Bring it. I'm so okay. upset about The Flash. So this past weekend, the movie No Hard Feelings came out. I don't know if this is classified as a blockbuster, but it was the only release on the 23rd. Have you, are you going to see this movie? Yes. I literally, as we were signing on to this podcast, texted my good friend the trailer and said, will you go see this with me? I just want to let you know, I'm also seeing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very. We're recording this just a few days before it comes out. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited because I really want there to be a successful comedy Me that's R-rated. Too. It needs Jennifer to come Lawrence, back. I don't t- like. I've not actually seen the full trailer. I just know I want to see it for this exact reason. It feels like one of those old movies that just would come out casually in, in movie theaters and yeah. you just go, see, everyone would go see it and it would be this great R rate. I think it's R rated comedy. Yeah. And we don't get a lot of those anymore. And I, so I want to go support it as well. God, I hope that, I hope this succeeds. I hope Jennifer yeah. Lawrence brings back the R comedy. Okay. Me too. Moving forward. Yeah. June 30th. I mean, we all know what comes out on June 30th, best day of the year. The Dial of Destiny, the fifth installment of the Indiana Jones. The fourth Jones. installment of the <laughs> Jones series. Thoughts, feelings, how excited are you? I've already bought my tickets. I'm going to a theater that has pods so that mm. nobody ruins my experience. This is very important to me that yeah. no one's going to be on their phone or if they are, I'm not going to see it. There's not going to be little children running around. There's not going to be teenagers playing their switches. I cannot have that in my first viewing of Indiana Jones. I can't. So I'm in a pod. I'm, I'm, I, it's late at night because it was already sold out for most of the, the, the showings. So it's, it's a 10 p.m. movie, which if anyone knows me, I'm usually in bed by 1030. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you're seeing a, I mean, basically like a midnight showing of Indiana Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, oh, I should even say, I I don't have one for June 30th because it was fucking sold out everywhere, which upsets me greatly. I have to see it on July 1st. What? At 10 p.m. I know. (sighs) I don't, I actually think you need to keep looking for tickets because... Everyone, if you don't know Tasha, June is considered June fun month in the world of Tasha. By the way, happy birthday. Thank um, you. I, I, uh, I feel like just to finish Complete out June, June. Yeah. you need to somehow figure out a way to see this on the 30th. I just, I need a pod though. And there are not many pods in Los Angeles where there's like walls around you. If you're not sat in one of these pod theaters, there's like, you're in a, a pod. You can't yeah. see other people. It's great. You can't even see Paul. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's sitting next to me? I don't care. <laughs> All right. All right. So just keep looking. Maybe someone will drop out. You never know. Okay. I think that's, thank you for your support. Do you have okay, your tickets so yet? I do not because oh 
I'm, 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 I have a little issue here. Uh-oh. I'm going to be in Hawaii For on June 30th. June 30th? Yeah. Do you see it in Hawaii? Do I? Do you? Do I break from a vacation to go watch Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? That is part of the vacation. It's like true joy mm. for two hours. I'm going to look into the theater. And if, if the theater is not up to my liking. I think that's a big part of the question. Then, then I'm not seeing it. Then I'll just wait. And I'm gonna there read is spoilers. no better viewing experience than Los Angeles and possibly New York. I mean, you just. Yeah, they are. care. People yeah. just care. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, boy, Josh. When are you getting back? When can I talk to you about it? I come back on the 4th of July. That's a long time before I, I can talk to you about it. By okay. the way, counter-programming, just to, mm. real quickly, mm. is a, a, a movie called Ruby Gilman and a Teenage Kraken. Does that come out the same day? really wants to see. Yeah. So I feel like it's huh. like a, it's like a uh, DreamWorks or who? who? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's an animated film. It's going to be great. Okay. I just, just, I'm just planting a seed. I feel like Ruby Gilman's going to kind of sneak in there and, and steal some no, thunder from Indiana Jones. Doesn't Mark look very good. Ruby Gilman mm. or Indiana Jones? I mean, come on. I've okay. not watched trailers, by the way. Whenever the trailers come on, after the, I saw the first trailer, blew my mind. I was so excited. Every other trailer since then, literally, they've come on in the theater. I close my ears like this, and I <laughs> close my eyes, and then I just start humming. <laughs> Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I probably look like a fucking crazy person. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this woman? <laughs> All right. Okay, sorry. July 7th. Mm. Interesting weekend. Mm. I don't know if we have a traditional blockbuster, but here's what's coming out. Joyride. Yeah. Oh, have I you can't wait to see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing okay. that with my friends. Yeah. Okay. So that comes out. Which is just a bunch of... Asian girls on a joyride. Is it R-rated as well? It's R-rated. It looks yes. like it's got like an, a hard R comedy sensibility to it. Yes. I think this movie is going to do really well, by the way. I'm also so very excited to see it. Good. And then the new Insidious movie comes out, which oh, I didn't even shit. know there was one. I didn't know that either. I'm in. And I just want to throw out a third on July mm -hmm. 7th. This is not a traditional blockbuster, but I'm going to tell you why I'm, I'm talking about it. Mm. It's called The Outlaws. It's on Netflix and the outlaws is a movie that killed one of my scripts Yeah, and it's, it hurt me. I just wanted to throw it out there. It's about so no, in-laws who are spies in, in-laws that are, who are outlaws okay. and they meet the, uh, daughter's boyfriend for the first time. Yeah. And, and then the is daughter's boyfriend. Or something? I, I don't know. It's like your really exact didn't. script. Just. It was, it was, it was, it's pretty spot on. But so this, this, that killed one of my scripts. Just, I'm sorry. oh my God. Oh, it's all good. Do you, out of curiosity, do you want this movie to do well or to do poorly? I want it to do well, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to watch it. Okay. Interesting. That's fair. Fubar on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Also uh, basically killed something else of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I want it definitely. to do freaking spectacularly well. I yeah. haven't brought myself to watch it. I can't. I just can't watch it. I understand that. I really want to see it. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. So anyway, July 7th, you'll be seeing Joyride. Yes. And then July 12th, mm. just all to itself. No other release is coming out this day. Mm -hmm. 
Mission Impossible, Bad Reckoning, part one. Yes. We've got some thoughts. I just, I love Mission Impossible. It is my Fast and Furious, I guess. Mm -hmm. Similar vibe, just smarter. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm not even going to argue that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're so fucking good. And then Haley Atwell, who plays yeah. Lara Croft in Tomb Raider, the show that I'm doing, is in this movie, and she's incredible. And every time she'd come to record, she would tell us stories from on set of shooting Mission Impossible, and it sounds bonkers, and she is incredible. She is basically Lara Croft, everybody, just so you know. Like, the things that she did in this movie sound incredible. So I can't wait to see her and the stunts that she's doing. Of course, Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, is always going to have an insane stunt. There's always one like thrilling thing in particular that he does. And this one is, as we all know, I think at this point, driving a motorcycle over a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I just sent you an article this morning about this stunt. And it's kind of floating around today how they did this stunt first. It was the first thing they shot in case Tom Cruise died. <laughs> because <laughs> if Tom Cruise died during the stunt, they didn't want to waste $200 million or however much money it cost to make this movie. They yeah. wanted to just know right away, Tom is dead. We have to rewrite this movie. It's or insane. he's really injured. We have to rewrite this movie. He said that because after the last, I forget which one it was, where he jumped from building to building and then broke his ankle and had to recover and it set the the filming back um, mm-hmm. by a lot and they, they lost a lot of money during that time. He didn't want to repeat that. So he's like, if I'm going to get injured or if I'm going to die, like, let's do it first. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple thoughts, by the yeah. way. Yeah. We've talked about this. I wish Mission Impossible wasn't turning into a stunt movie. Yes. Because to me, it's so much more than just stunts. Yeah. I actually think it's very smart that the action, of course, is spectacular, of course. Yeah. And even the stunts kind of overshadow the, the, the action that happens in it. And I mm-hmm. love, I just love these spy movies. It's like James Bond is like my favorite spy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Mission Impossible movies more than James Bond movies at this point. Oh, shit which is insane because there's continuity. But you know, after you sent that article, I was thinking that back in the day, there's that Buster Keaton, he was a silent film actor and everyone used to go see his films because of his stunts that he used to do. And Mm -hmm. he was like a comedic stunt performer on camera. And I was like, is Tom Cruise like a modern day version of that, of like a Buster Keaton? Yeah. I can't even believe I'm saying that. That's an amazing comparison. And I also have mixed feelings about the Mission Impossible series becoming this because the very first one doesn't really have big stunts. I feel like the biggest stunt mm-hmm. is him on the high-speed train, but that's a that's a green screen state set situation. It's completely controlled and it doesn't feel like holy shit, he's just defied death to do this. But then it started building and becoming that, which is why I say it's like Fast and Furious. Like every installment now, they have to do something new and big. And what is that going to be that everyone talks about that Tom is doing? Yeah. But yeah, for me, like, I mean, the reason why the first Mission Impossible is my favorite is it was very story driven first. Like the character stuff and the mystery that you're solving was, was forward. Yeah. Oh, the first stunt is obviously him dropping down in the CIA thing. That was the first stunt, not the 
Yeah. That's what started it all was I remember there were articles at that time being like, holy shit, look what Tom Cruise did. And he did all of this. Like there's no tricky camera work. He actually worked out so hard that he could float like that yeah. above the thing. So I guess it did start there. That's fair. Okay. I'll walk that back a little bit. I know, but it's not what it is now. Now, no. I mean, he went from falling 10 feet and, yeah. you know, using his abs to yep. launching off of a, like, to cliff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's July 12th. And that occupies a lot of space because actually July 12th, I think, is a Wednesday. Takes mm. over the weekend. And then we go into July 21st. Yeah, hit me. We Wait, there's no p- movies releasing that weekend? No. Oh, interesting. Nothing, nothing, nothing to note. It's just no one wants just, to compete with that. No one's touching Tom Cruise. Yeah. Except okay. for one man who's coming in the following week. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Oh, Nolan. Also coming out that weekend is Barbie. Oh, damn. Very. So on July 21st, we have Oppenheimer, Barbie. Are you seeing those movies, I'm Tasha? I'm seeing both of those movies. Which one are you seeing first? I don't know that that's going to be just a schedule thing. I think at that point, I'm not excited more for one or the other. Okay. And honestly, I don't want to see Oppenheimer <laughs> in a way <laughs> because it's going to be just very depressing. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, but it's going to be beautiful. The acting is going to be incredible. Uh, the story will be stunning. I'm sure just, it's just, be, it'll be filmmaking at its best. So I want to go see that. And also I heard a shot in film. So like there's actually like film, reels literal film reels at certain la theaters and i want to go see it at those theaters because if nolan wanted it to be that way i want to go see it the way he intended i freaking love nolan he's the last of his kind man yeah yeah and barbie are you excited about barbie not as excited as other people are about barbie okay but yeah i'm intrigued i'm interested the trailer cracks me up yeah 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 uh, you, you, yeah, you love the trailer. Are you, are you excited about Oppenheimer? Of course I am. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go see that immediately. I'm going to buy tickets like tomorrow. So that's first and Barbie's like, if I get to it that weekend. Yeah, the only thing that's holding me up is the runtime. I think it's like a three hour movie, Oppenheimer. Yeah. So scheduling, it's going to be, a, oh God. Yeah. These movies keep getting longer, man. I just keep getting yeah. older. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it. Um, All right. Moving on. We're almost Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. The Haunted Mansion on July 28th. The Disney release. uh, It's a, this is like the Disney movie, The Haunted Mansion. Have you not heard of this? I don't even know. I mean, I remember the one with. I've seen the trailer. It looks scary. Eddie Murphy. No, no, no. This looks like a good reimagining. Oh, no, I've not seen a trailer or anything for this. I'm excited. I'm super down. Okay. Also coming out that weekend is a is a movie called Talk to Me, which is not a blockbuster, but it looks really scary. It's an A24 film that I hadn't even heard of until I started to make oh. this list. Yeah. That's okay. an interesting weekend. Like two yeah. horror movies, basically. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're going to see it. Maybe. I feel like you're not seeing that movie. Haunted Talk to Me? Haunted Mansion, I mean. No. Haunted, Haunted Mansion. Mansion, I'll see Haunted Mansion. Okay. okay. With, with my AMC A-list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. We're almost, yeah. we're, we're almost there. A couple more. August 4th, 
The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I'm so fucking excited about that one. Yes, yeah, hell yeah. You're going to see that? I'm going to go see that with some friends. We already know. Yeah. Okay. I'm even going to do a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle workout that weekend. Are you really? <laughs> so let's talk about this for a second because this is going to like a, a, hopefully kind of bring back the Ninja Turtles, which I feel like have been lost yes. over time. Thanks, Michael Bay. <sighs> Thank you, Michael Bay. Yeah. Okay. So they've been yeah. lost a bit. Yeah. I'm excited for the animation of it. It looks like it's, oh, yeah. it's got the inspiration from Spider-Verse. Yeah. A little like new way. It's going to be just creative. I love yep. what Spider-Verse has done to animation. Me too. So, it just has opened up so much because executives now see, oh, being different and unique with animation is actually a boon. It's not yeah. something I should be afraid of. Okay. So Ninja oh, yeah. Turtles. Also yeah. coming out that weekend is The Meg 2 with Jason oh, Statham. Shit. I have seen The Meg 1 and had fun. And also, not a blockbuster, but I'm going to give a shout out because Nicole worked on this movie, Shortcomings. It's a Randall Park film. Just saying. Oh. It was, it was a Sundance movie. Just whatever. Well, that sounds great. It. I'll go see it for her. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> pleasant. <laughs> so sweet. August 11th, Gran Turismo. The video okay. game movie. Yes. So this is this is based on the video game. And it says in the trailer, based on a real true story or something, which blows my mind because if you watch the trailer, it's about gamers who get called up essentially to train and be in some kind of, I don't know anything about race racing. Yeah, no. I, I'm some not, kind not of NASCAR-ish race, uh, like an international race. And that's... How is that real? But Paul's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that happened. So I'm, really? I'm actually, if it wasn't real, I feel like I wouldn't rush to see it. But because it's real or elements of truth to this, I'm very intrigued. And also the cast seems very fun. Our good friend Zach Balin was one of the writers on it. And he agreed to come on and talk about the film. I would love that because I'm excited for it. When I say he agreed, I mean, he, if he hears this, he just agreed to come on. He, <laughs> he did say he'd come back on, and now this is what the topic's going to be. Yes, when um, it comes out, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have him on. Yeah. Also coming out that weekend is Heart of Stone, the Gal Gadot uh, spy movie that's going to be, it's going on Netflix, but it's supposed to be her like James Bond franchise. Never heard of it. Wow. But excited for it. Okay. Okay. Closing down. We've got three weeks because we're going up to Labor Day. August 18th. Yeah. I've never even, I didn't even know about this movie. Blue Beetle. Oh, Have yeah. You've you not seen this trailer? Yeah. No. Super I don't fun. Know about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a DC it's a superhero cool, movie. like, hot nights superhero movie. It looks super fun. The, the kid from um, Cobra Kai is, is Blue Beetle. Then I'm in. The, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, and also Strays is coming out. That, that oh, dog yeah, movie. Oh, yeah. The dog movie. Hey, we've have th we have three rated R comedies coming out this yes. summer. Yes, yes. Let it come back. Let's go all go see these rated R comedies so that can come back. Let's go back to theaters, everybody. Okay, August twenty fifth. There's really nothing coming out that weekend. That's so weird. It's it's a really bad weekend. Vacation or Vacation Friends Part Two is coming out. Don't know what that is. But I'm gonna take us to Labor Day weekend. Okay. To close Surely out the summer. Really something great. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to do well. I'm not sure I'm going to see it. The Equalizer 3 with Denzel. Mm. I didn't even know there was an Equalizer 3 until recently. It's crazy. I never saw any of the Equalizers. Oh, 
It's Denzel's John Wick. Yeah. I know Equalized, the first one, was received very well. I just, it didn't look exceptional to me. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Well, there goes Denzel coming on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll walk that back right quick. <laughs> so that's it. That's, 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 our, that's our summer calendar. That's a good, good hearty summer. There's so there's horror, comedy, action, huge movies, small movies. Yeah, there's something for every. It's crazy too, because as we were saying, I I was talking to someone over who worked at the theater at AMC, and they were even like, "Man, this is crazy." There's a new movie out every single week, and yeah. I think that's kind of what got us texting. And I was excited, mm-hmm. you were excited. It's just it's awesome that all these movies are coming out. Yeah. And. That, and now there's a writer's strike and this won't happen again next year because every movie's going to be freaking delayed, but it's all good. Yeah, a lot's going to be delayed. Yeah, man. I don't know. Don't get me started on that topic, but yeah, no, yeah. this is extremely exciting. It I don't know. I mean, this is why we got into this business is because we are kids going to movie theaters. I would sneak into multiples at a time on a day and mm-hmm. you just got so excited and inspired and you're just so happy by seeing these movies, particularly in the summer, because you're you're not going to school, so you have the time to just go from movie to movie to movie, and it's bringing back that childhood joy for me. I agree. You know what? You're absolutely right. It's also bringing that back for me. It's it, it, it's been a long time since I've been going to a movie theater on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And I'm feels really good happy though, right? about it. Oh, it feels yeah. so, so good. Give me that popcorn and that oversized soda yeah they're and like the you want a large soda i was like no i can't possibly drink all that they're like it's a free upgrade i'm like you're gonna make me drink more fucking sugar for free <laughs> fine um, in closing yes i had one of the most adult moments ever of my life recently i went to the movies i didn't even get any concessions and i was like man i was like i kind of want a snack and then nicole's like here she pulled out some like almonds and like, <laughs> <laughs> so I ate almonds in a movie. I didn't even get popcorn. I had some water. I was like, who that's am I? Terrible. That's so sad. People were crunching on popcorn around me. I was just eating almonds. Why didn't you leave and go get popcorn? <sighs> I was too far into the movie. Like I should have, I feel like popcorn's only good in the beginning of a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. After once you pass the inciting incident, you can't get any more concessions. Yeah, <laughs> it's done. And you should kind of be done with your popcorn by then, anyways. By then, even you're if done. you get a giant one, inciting incident is around when you've tapped out on yeah. popcorn. Yeah, that's a sad movie experience, and I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it, Tasha. All right, go see movies this summer, guys. Yeah. Quote of the day. Quote of the day. The script is what you've dreamed up. This is what it should be. The film is just what you end up with. George Lucas. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. And I am Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram. And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. Music by 414 Bag, which you can find on Spotify. <laughs>